Okay, uh, next question, please. Uh, you in the back there, sir. What do ogres eat? I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that. Can you repeat that, please? What do ogres eat? Um, sorry, one more time, please. What do ogres eat? Um, what do ogres eat? What do ogres eat? I'm sorry, I, I don't speak uh, a foreign language. I, um, can you ask the question in English, please? This is English. Okay, um, can you ask it again, please? What do ogres eat? I'm really sorry. I have no idea what you're what you're asking. Oh, come on! What do ogres eat? What do ogres eat? The answer to that question is coming by train. Burlington Shave Cream was driving a steam train deep in the woods on Marshmallow Mountain. For all of his life, he was a skittish fellow, even more nervous now, so close to Ripendella, where there was a bridge with an ogre who was rather known for eating men whole when they were lost and alone. All of a sudden, the train lurched to a halt. Burlington knew it was his own fault. In a rush to get over his ogre-based fears, he shoveled the coal till it all disappeared. Now, without fuel, a nervous man was stuck. But when the fairies arrived, he thought, oh, what luck! Hey, little buddies, can you help me with your magic? What's the problem? Has your metal snake gotten sick? That snake's called a train, and she's out of coal. And I'd like to get out of here before that ogre takes my soul. We can help you, but you must agree to do what we say, no matter how silly. Burlington agreed, and the fairies snickered. <laughs> the first thing you must do is tap dance in your knickers. Off came his pants, and he tippity-tapped, and when he stopped, the fairies, they clapped. Now buck your teeth and do the beaver's bibber. Burlington did, and they laughed till they quivered. For an hour or so, they went on giving Burlington tasks, including smushing his sweaty face in the dirt till he had a mud mask. Burlington kept going because he was afraid of a man-eating ogre, but he began to wonder when their silly requests would hurry up and be over. Hey, little fellas, how is this helping to get my train running? The fairies just smiled, smiles that were less friendly and more cunning. Remember, a deal is a deal, good man of the train. You said you'd comply and would not complain. Now take this big bag of chocolatey chips and eat every one, but don't get sick. Burlington gobbled up the whole milk chocolate mound, and that's when he heard a great rumbling sound. The train was shaking and his eyes got rather large when he saw the Rippendella creature that was clearly in charge. Jelly Eye bent down and looked into the window. Burlington screamed. There was nowhere to go. Quickly, train man, get in the firebox. I can't do that. I'll be cooked alive. It's way too hot. No, no, no. Our magic will save you. The fairy said with a smirk, and in climbed Burlington with a heave and a jerk. They slammed the door shut and then latched the lock, silencing Burlington's screams before he passed out from the shock. Smoke puffed out from the steam train's smokestack, and that's how Jelly Eye the Ogre got his chocolate-filled man snack.
Oh, so that's what ogres eat. Welcome to Rock Band Land with your friends, Rainbow Beast. Welcome to Rock Band Land. This is how it will go. First we'll tell you a story and then we'll rock your face off. First we'll tell you a story and then we'll rock your face off. First we'll tell you a story. So sorry, I couldn't hear you. What did you just say? Aha, uh -huh, yes, this is the gist of what was just said. Anything is possible, everything is possible, even the impossible in rock and land. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and family and rockers, welcome to another Rock Band Land broadcast podcast. My name is Brian. I am the host of the broadcast podcast, as well as the drummer of the world-famous band Rainbow Beast. And today, for one day only, that's right, one day only, I will be your very own personal Sound Johnny. Nobody knows what a Sound Johnny does, but everybody wants one. Sound Johnny. I am the genie of the bottle. And since you had the great wisdom to rub the bottle, you will be granted three wishes. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, all right. This is, uh, this is really my day. Okay, this is easy. I've been thinking about this for a long time. Uh, first thing I would wish for, I would like bear claws for hands. <laughs> It is done. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, wait. Hold on a second. These are, you, you've given me uh, actual bear claws, and uh, these, are, these are like panda hands. You say panda hands. I say panda hands. I would actually like uh, bear claws. You know, like the sticky donut. Uh, I'd like to... My dream is to be able to eat my own hands. Is that your wish, then? Wish number two? Well, I, actually, you know, it's actually wish number one. You just sort of m must it up a little bit. Is that your wish, wish number two? All, all right, e easy there, G Genie. Uh, yes, that is my wish. I would like delicious bear claws for hands. <laughs> it is done. Oh wow, these are these are wonderful. I didn't even, this is better than I even expected. There's extra icing and oh, oh seem to be attracting some, some bees. Oh, oh do, do you uh you want a bite? No, thank you. I'm on a hands-free diet. What is your final wish? You know, uh, you know what I'd really like? I'd really like to have uh, my own personal sound genre. It is done. Nobody knows what a sound Johnny does, but everybody wants one. Sound Johnny. Hey, what's that over there? I don't know what. Where? What? Over there, that thing. What is that? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think that's a sound Johnny. A sound Johnny? What does it do? I don't know. Why don't you pick it up? Sound Johnny. The news. This is Bob Nachacha for TV22 News, where today I'm coming to you live from 1865, where in fact you're listening to my voice in your head as you're reading a newspaper. A ragtag band of Boy Scouts on a maritime adventure have abandoned their ship and are swimming towards the East Coast. Apparently, they are planning to attack the White House and eventually take over the world. A witness says that they appear to be suffering from barnacle tooth. 
President Lincoln gave a speech on wilderness safety in which he stated, Please be careful of people being careful to fall in the Grand Canyon. Blah, 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 blah. So I got home the other day, and right in front of my house, there was all these people circled up in the street. I was like, what's going on over there? And I walked over, and I looked, and there was just a huge hole in the ground right in the street. And it turns out the street got sick. Apparently, they were having surgery right there in front of my house at the street. And the doctor said to me, excuse me, sir, do you live here? I was like, yeah, I live right here in this house. And he's like, well, we're going to need someone to take care of the street. And since you live so close, would you be willing to do so? And I said, well, I guess so. I mean, what do I have to do? He said, well, it's very important that this street just uh, continue to lay and rest up. I'm like, that's all this street ever does is rest up. And he's like, no, not actually. This is a very active street. It's a busy, busy road, if you will. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, of course. So I brought the street into my house. I laid him down on the couch, and he's sitting there, Mr. Lazybones, and I looked at him, and he's covered, covered in barnacles. Yeah, so I was out at the ocean the other day. I went down to the ocean. I had a floaty raft and a, and a nice cold beverage. I was just floating in the ocean, and before I knew it, I fell asleep in the ocean, and uh, when I woke up, I had all these bumps on my back. Uh, you mind uh, taking care of some of those? Maybe scraping them off or, you know, something? No, man, I'm not, I'm not going to be picking barnacles off your back. What are you, crazy? Well, you could, uh, you could make a salad with them and probably be pretty good. Look, you're supposed to be resting, right? Why don't I turn a movie on for you, make you some popcorn, you can just chill here and relax. What do you guys like to watch, you streets? Like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Mulholland Drive, Miracle on 34th Street, Revolutionary Road. What are you, what are you, what are you into? So what I really like, uh, I mean really like, is... Uh, I like documentaries about uh, dentists and uh, or anything with uh, teeth, really. Well, I got I got Jaws. Will that do? Oh, that'd be that'd be really nice. Uh, you sure you don't want to uh, pick off these things off my back at all? And before I could tell the street that no, I was not interested in picking the barnacles off his back, he jumped off the couch and ran out the front door and then ran down the street. The street was running down the street screaming, Get out of my way! I gotta get to the ocean! The doctor was still in front of my house. He was packing up his surgical tools and he looked up at me with a, with a disapproving look and he was gonna say something, but right before he spoke, the presidential blimp flew over my house and the president himself made a speech. Daddy, why are all these people lining up to be careful to fall into the Grand Canyon? Sweetheart, everybody's careful to fall into the Grand Canyon these days, ever since they filled it up with panda hands. Say panda hands, I say panda hands. We're hungry for a story. We're hungry for a story. Put a story in the oven so we can eat it. Put a story in the oven so we can eat it. For dinner! Everything in Rock Band Land is stories. Stories! 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 Everything in Rock Band Land is stories. Stories! Barnacle Tooth A Boy Scout troop was on an outing at sea trying to acquire their nautical merit badges. They'd already gotten their seasick badge, <laughs> the pirate impersonation badge, Art Carney's a funny man who makes me hungry for Spanish meat, the bedwetting at sea badge, Hey, look, guys, I made a puddle on my pillow, the blister burn badge, Ow, 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 my skin! And they were working on getting their make-it-home-alive badge. I miss you, Bobby. 
There were just a few days left on their voyage when an older scout named Willis Charlotte spotted six objects floating off the coast of Costa Rica. Coconuts, 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 coconuts! Willis was clearly excited by the discovery, and he asked the scout leader if they could steer towards them. Please, 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 please! Well, certainly, Willis. This could be an opportunity for all of us to acquire our swimming with tropical Badge. I think it's a great idea. As the ship pulled close, the troop dove off the side and swam for the Costa Rican coconuts. Swim like you mean it, boys. Those coconuts look delicious. They hauled them aboard, and a younger scout, who earlier that day had received his jungle warfare badge, pulled out his machete and hacked off the top of all six coconuts. And the scouts prepared to enjoy the sweet coconut milk inside. Willis, since you spotted these Costa Rican coconuts, I think you should have your own, and we'll all share the others. Oh, yeah! Thanks, Scout Leader Timberly! In that case, I'd like to make a toast. Boys, what a time we're having! To us! To us! And someday, when I'm no longer a scout, I promise I'll remember each and every one of you! Willis would have no problem remembering the boys on that ship, and if he did, all we'd have to do is look at the mirror with his shirt off, because earlier that day, he had tattooed each of their faces onto his chest to get his tattoo artist badge. The scouts drank mightily and cheered. Yeah, oh, oh, a boy, boy scout's life for us. us! They were having the time of their lives. Willis wouldn't be happy for long, though. His coconut happened to be tainted with a horrible barnacle virus. As he gulped down the tropical treat, the virus attached itself to Willis's front tooth. The barnacle grew rapidly, and it stuck out from behind his lips like some gross bit of unnoticed chewed food. And that wasn't all, though. The barnacle took over his mind. <laughs> It wanted to get back into the ocean, and it forced Willis to throw himself overboard. Look out below! When he didn't come up, the other scouts had to dive in and rescue him. In doing so, each one earned to save a drowning scout badge. Once he was back aboard, before Willis was even dry, the barnacle forced him to jump overboard again. And again, his scoutmate saved him, and this happened over and over and over again. Let go of me! I need to get back in the water! What are you talking about, Willis? I need to get in the water! Willis had a moment of clarity and tied himself to the bridge. Once there, the barnacle forced Willis to grab the helm and steer the ship recklessly. The barnacle was trying to sink the ship. When the scout leader realized what Willis was doing, he knew that he was too great of a threat to the troop. Willis must walk the plank. And there was no badge for that, just certain death. Willis, I really wish I did not have to do this, but you have left me no other choice. Get out of my way! After he hit the water, another scout jumped in, and then another, and another, and then all of the rest. And finally, Scout Leader Timberly, too. Well, I don't know what's going on, but I sure need to get in that water. The barnacle had spread to the whole troop, and now they, too, were under the control of the barnacles in their mouths. The Barnacles weren't content with controlling just the Boy Scouts. No, they wanted to control the whole country. They forced the Scouts to swim at top speeds towards the shore, and once aground, they marched them to Washington, D.C. The president at the time was Abraham Lincoln, and he read about the Scouts' march on Washington in the newspaper. Ah, Mary, 
It seems that some loyal scouts are rambling towards this young nation's capital, and our fine residents in particular, with a misguided intention to overthrow me and my esteemed office. What well, says right here that they are under the control of a horrible affliction known as Barnacle Tooth. Oh, Abraham, those poor souls. I dare say you might be wise to locate your dental tools. Right you are, my lady. Right you are. Abe Lincoln was not only a brilliant lawyer and orator, he was also a very skilled amateur dentist. He dug out his dentistry bag and commanded the army to be at the ready. He armed his soldiers with toothbrushes, anti-barnacle toothpaste, and floss whips, and he instructed them that the scouts were not to be harmed. Should a battle ensue, I want those boys and their troop leader to leave Washington, our fine capital, unharmed and with that fresh mouth feeling. Sir, but what if these scouts turn out to be dangerous? General, I said unharmed and with that fresh mouth feeling. Do you understand? Sir, yes, sir. Then I'd appreciate it if you'd repeat it back to me. I said unharmed and with that fresh mouth feeling. Unharmed with that fresh mouth feeling, sir. That'll do, General. That'll do nicely. The scouts arrived, and though driven by the maniacal forces of Barnacle Tooth, they were no match for the U.S. Army, who were at this point battle-hardened from so many years of civil war. It took just a handful of soldiers to apprehend the scouts, and after a good brushing and a thorough floss-whip cracking, the president came out of the White House wearing a surgical steel mask and personally pulled the barnacles from the scouts' teeth with his dental pliers. Now you hold steady there, young man. Uh... I wouldn't want to take a tooth out with those seafaring parasitic scoundrels. Ah, bully. That does it. With the barnacles removed, the scouts regained control of their minds, and they were all issued barnacle badges by the president himself, before a Navy ship returned them to their ship so they could finish their voyage. Later that night, while at the theater, President Lincoln reflected on the day's events and thought about maybe opening a little dentist's office back in Illinois after the war was over. Why, that just might be the single finest idea that this old confounded mind of mine has ever conjured up. Hush now, Abraham. The actors have taken the stage. There it was, the story of Barnacle Tooth. Who knew that presidents had dreams? Why, being a dentist, that is a very fine dream indeed. I had a very peculiar dream last night. It was... It was awfully strange. I dreamt that everyone I was talking to, I, I couldn't understand their words. There were, they were just icicles coming out of their mouth when they tried to talk, and I didn't understand what I was supposed to be doing, and then the icicles fell, and all around the floor there was paper. Everywhere you looked, there was paper, and the icicles would fall to their mouths and land on the paper, and I had to wait for them to melt. And when the icicles melted on the paper, all of a sudden words formed, and I knew what they were talking about. It was amazing. And I wondered, where the heck did dreams come from anyway? Dreams, we don't know where they come from or where they go. Every night you have them. Maybe they go into they go? the clouds. Where do they come the from? Skies? I don't and know. And then come back to your head. To you? Or maybe they go into the money jar. Maybe the money jar. At bedtime, they come back in your heads and wait to be put into the brain. Thanks, Nick. That, that clears up a few things for me. I didn't even think to look in the money jar for my dreams. I, I appreciate that. And then I knew they came back into my heads in the morning, but I wasn't. There's still some questions. So I asked Jenna Ferocious about dreams. And uh, uh, Jenna Ferocious, if you don't know, she's the bassist in Rainbow Beast. And Jenna Ferocious, well, it's scary how much she knows about everything. When you have a dream, a good dream, 
or a bad one, and then you wake up, all of a sudden, or swimming out slowly. What happens to those you leave behind? The dream dwellers. Do they continue their races over rooftops? Their treks to outskirts? Their explorations of ruins? Do they go on without you? That one guy, the one with the twirly mustache, who was driving a roller coaster cable car straight down the Hyde Street Hill so fast it woke you up. Did he crash that thing into the old pirate ship in the bay? The Balclutha? Or at the last possible second, did he push a button and activate the hot air balloon, sailing over Alcatraz instead? Or what about that birthday Christmas disco pool party? Did that keep going after you woke up, got dressed, and went to school, and now everyone's watching fireworks and having a second cake? I once had a dream about a cat with 567 arms. He looked like an octopus in a way, but more arms. A quintessentipus, I guess. He could cook and talk, and he had experience as a veterinarian, particularly with moths and butterflies, the whole order Lepidoptera. Lepidoptera. In the dream, the cat was just taking a silver luna moth to the operating room when I was suddenly rudely awakened by the sound of loud singing. It was my neighbor firing up his song-powered lawnmower. And ever since, I've wondered about that moth. Did he survive the surgery? Did he recover over a couple days at the vet cat's field hospital and then fly home to check on the cocoons he'd left behind? I look for this silver luna moth often in my dreams, but I haven't ever seen him again. Lepidoptera. Lepidoptera. Adoptera. Check, check. Good. Um, hi, everybody. Liza, 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 Liza. Check, check. Thank you so much, Eliza. Here I've been for the last hundred million thousand hour minutes, and I completely forgot to check the mic. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing that. So after the street ran down the street and made his way to the ocean, I thought, well, I'm I'm supposed to be looking after that guy, so I might as well go after him. I got in my rowboat, and I rowed out to the center of the ocean, which is something that I do quite often by myself. I do it almost every day, as a matter of fact. Now, I didn't find the street. I'm guessing he either, he either got on a cruise ship, or he sank, or he was underwater adhering more barnacles to his back. I'm not exactly sure, but I didn't find him. Now, you'd think out there at the center of the ocean, all by yourself, that you would be all by yourself. But no, in fact... There's actually a lot of traffic out there. Inevitably, someone always ends up swimming up next to me or paddling up alongside me or boats up next to me or jet skis right in front of me. And they always want to stop and talk. Well, today, two different people came up. The first was a guy 
and he was swimming, and he gets up to my boat, and he says, Hello, I just want to tell you that the ocean is full of wet water. Yes, yes, I know the ocean's full of wet water. Thank you for that. Well, maybe then you would like to buy some wet water for your lovely lady. Uh, not that it's any of your business. I actually don't have a lovely lady. There is a, a panda that I'm quite fond of, but uh, he doesn't really like the ocean that much. Oh, a panda. Does he have all of his body parts? Yes, he does. So? Does he have legs? Yes, he's got legs. Knees? Of course. Shoulders? Yes, those two. Eyeballs? He's got two of them. Nose? Yes. Stomach? Yes, what are, what are you asking this for? Does he have panda hands? I mean, does he have panda hands? No, panda hands. You say panda hands, I say panda hands. Maybe your panda would like some wet water for his panda hands. I finally convinced the guy that I was not, in fact, interested in his wet water and asked him to kindly swim on his way so I can be alone at the center of the ocean and enjoy my time by myself. No sooner does he do that than another man floats up, and he's floating on a dead octopus, and he's got the octopus tentacles over his head like dreadlocks. And then he starts calling out to me, Hey, buddy man, look at that in the ocean. It looks to me like a Costa Rican coconut. You're awfully close to it, man. Why don't you go and get it? They are delicious, the Costa Rican coconuts. I looked in the water to see what he was talking about, and there was actually something floating in the water, but it was definitely not a Costa Rican coconut. I knew what it was right away, and I called back to him. I was like, no, don't pick that thing up, man. Whatever you do, don't pick that thing up. Let it stay in the water. What is it, man? It's a sound Johnny. Nobody knows what a sound Johnny does, but everybody wants one. Sound Johnny. Oh, man, I want that sound Johnny. I want it now. There was nothing I could do. The guy had jumped off of his dead octopus and he was swimming frantically towards the sound Johnny. He got right up onto it and he put both hands into the sound Johnny and he grabbed it. And just like a rock band land fairy, he said, one, two, three, and he bashed the sound Johnny right against his head and it made the most amazing sound ever.
KRBL Radio, where the K stands for crazy. And that was Rainbow Beast with their hit Barnacle Tooth, a song that they wrote with a band called Revenge of the Flying Beast. Yes, indeed. That song really brings out the mama say, mama sa, mama kusa, if you know what I'm talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? Ring-a-ding-ding-dang-ding-ling-dong-dong. We've got a hit single coming up now by the band... Uh, extreme explosion uh young fellas uh brothers i believe uh have put this song together possibly with their father possibly on their own it's hard to tell it's uh it's a wild mix uh this is awesomeness by extreme explosion krbl radio awesome 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 Wait, Daddy, can I, can we re- redo that? Who are you calling Daddy? What's important? That's right, rockers, it's time for What's Important, the part of the Rock Band Land broadcast podcast where you, that's right, you, where you tell us what's important. So, what's important? Evil peanuts will take over the world and turn us all into human butter. The poodles are green, the ocean is orange, and the sky is Brian, have you been stealing pants again? (laughs) The world is going to end on Mother's Day. Bumble. Bumble, bumble. Bumble, boo, boo, bumble. Bumble, 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 
What did you say? Bumble. Bumble, bumble. <laughs> French fries only live in heaven. Brian, you stole my pants. Devil Don likes donuts. Hi. Sometimes I wish it was a real thing. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was what's important. I know we all have days where we wish it was a real thing. And just to clear the air here, I uh, do not, in fact, steal pants. No, there's been some confusion on that. I do sometimes wear steel pants, but I do not steal pants. And that about does it for us here at the Rock Band Land Broadcast Podcast. If you would like to share some of what's important with us, or if you'd like to send us a song or a joke or anything you'd like, please send it to rockbandland at gmail.com. R-O-C-K-B-A-N-D-L-A-N-D at gmail.com. And we'll do our best to get whatever you send us up here on the show. On behalf of my bandmates, Marcus and Jen, my name is Brian. We are Rainbow Beast, and today I was lucky enough to be your own personal sound, Johnny. Thank you so much for listening. Be good and be silly. Rock Band Land. Bye-bye.